Hello and welcome to Behind the Bearcat. This is the podcast where the Northwest Missouri State University Career Services Office chats with Northwest faculty, staff, students, alumni, and friends to hear about their career journeys, how they got to where they are, and how they became Bearcats. I'm Northwest Internship Coordinator Travis Klein. And I'm the Director of Career Services here at Northwest, Hannah Christian. And today's guest on our show is... Natalia. Hi, guys. <laughs> I'm a sophomore here in Northwest. I'm studying international business, and I'm also a career ambassador for career services. Welcome, Natalia. We're yes, very welcome. happy to have you on our team. Well, we've had you on our team for a while, but we're still happy to have you on our team. Thank you. Thank you. So on the podcast, um, one of the things that we are always very interested in is how you found Northwest. Could you share that story with us? Uh, my sister and brother both went to Northwest. My sister's the one who actually graduated. No offense to my brother. <laughs> and I kind of followed her footsteps because she also got an international business major. And so she's like, go to Northwest. It's affordable. It's close to home. It has the major that you're wanting. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to take her advice. And so that's how you find me in Northwest right now. So you say close to home. Where's home for you? Independence, Missouri, or Kansas City. So international business, what made you choose that over, say, you know, regular business or business management or marketing or something like that. Why international business? My mom's currently a project director for a nonprofit. And as a kid, I always saw her travel and she's communicating with local communities from different countries. And I was like, wow, that sounds awesome. I always wanted to com communicate with different cultures and get to know and integrate myself into that culture as well. So I was like, okay, international business will let me do that because it'll allow me for travel and I'll have already training to communicate with those people. Because on a normal business scale, while you do communicate globally, you might not handle things the best because you don't have that culture understanding. You did some kind of cool projects in high school. Let's let's like rewind a little bit, right? You had, it was with IBM. Yeah. What was that? Can you Can you talk to us about that? I went to Summit Tech, which was a UCM campus, I believe, in Lee Summit, and they had an international studies class. So senior year, I signed up for it. And our like final project was a project with IBM, and he was like a representative. So he kind of gave us the task of like researching three countries in Africa. So if IBM was going to locate Africa or provide services to Africa in those three countries, what information do they need to know and how would they do that? And so that was like a little side project. It wasn't necessarily with IBM as a whole, but with a representative who works for IBM and it just like helping us gauge all this knowledge and like have hands-on experience with that. So I imagine that had a little bit to do with continuing your interest in international business, right? Yeah. What aspects of that really piqued your interest? So whenever I was in international studies class, we did learn a lot about different countries and how there are certain rules that they have that you wouldn't do in America. Like you would conduct business maybe by shaking someone's hand in America, but maybe in Japan, you wouldn't be shaking each other's hand. Maybe you'll be bowing to each other. So subtle information like that, those small details kind of like interest me. I'm like, huh, I wonder if like all these other countries have these small details that they're looking for whenever they are doing business with somebody else in America. So we'll fast forward back to you came to Northwest, mm -hmm. you international business major. Why did you apply to be a career ambassador? And how did that, how did that process unfold for you? So I was thinking strategically, I was like, I need to keep my work steady. Um, I need to get to college, but also I want something that is going to help me in the future. So I was looking for jobs and I was like, well, these aren't really 
going to fit me. But then I stumbled onto career ambassador and I was like, hmm, what's this? Or the description. I was like, actually, this is valuable information. Like I might need to know in the future. I mean, we're helping with resumes and cover letters. I hope it is. So I saw this job description. I kind of read it to my family members. I remember that. And they're like, yeah, just apply to it. So I applied to it. And then now here we are. So you've had some kind of cool internship opportunities. Can you tell us about you know some of those and what you've done with those? So I was in Unity for Equality as the audit committee chair. Originally, I was signing up for, um, I think it was like a business call person, not a business call person, but basically they were going to reach out to commu- like local businesses. But instead, when I was in the interview process, the founder actually asked me if I wanted to be the audit committee chair. He said he was looking for one and that he actually liked the way I interviewed. So I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I can do that. He told me like a little bit of the job description. And I was like, that seems manageable. Um, so I became the audit committee chair, which I work closely with him. And I work on looking at proposals. If people need financial allocations to them, I'll look over that proposal and I'll see if it's approved by me. If it's approved by me, then it'll go to the board of directors for voting. Other than proposals, we are making like fundraisers where we're looking for grants or we are doing a little project. I created one, which was we had grants allocated to us from the government And those grants created a student program, which students could sign up for and get their tuition or their debt, college debt paid for. And can you tell us a little bit about that organization if folks aren't familiar with it, like what they do overall? Like that's one I'd never heard of until you got the internship there, actually. So Unity for Equality is based in New York. Uh, I believe it's New York, Queens, New York. And so it was created in 2015 and it was to help bring people closer to the poverty line or above that because so many people are underneath it. And we're just trying to provide them that financial assistance. But if they don't need financial assistance, they're doing all right. Maybe it's something else with their business. We have different services that we could provide them and that they could pay like a small membership fee for. And we could help them with technology, advertising, stuff like that. Anything that they might need. How did you find this internship? I think I found it on Chegg, Chegg Internships. And what was the, can you tell us? Like the process? Did you just apply did, and get an interview? Did you have to go through multiple interviews? So I just applied her in like a fast forward a few weeks later, I got a call and they're like, yeah, we are wanting to interview. Is that all right? And I was like, oh, okay. They didn't like tell me anything. It was just like right then and there. So I was like, okay. So I did a phone interview with my founder and boss. And that's when he offered me the other position instead. So was this a summer internship? So this was a summer internship and currently I'm like transitioning out. So I'm training somebody else to take over my position. So it was summer and more summer plus. <laughs> yes. It's like, if you don't want to leave, you don't have to leave kind of internship. What other opportunities have you taken advantage of here at Northwest? Um, I became the SAC late night and weekend director. So I got more involved on campus. So I was in a leadership role and that one I had community members underneath me and we were doing different projects or we were doing different events. So we had grocery bingo, late night at the rec, rock with sack, different events for our students to come to and have great times and win prizes or just overall communicate with their fellow Bearcats. What was the hardest part of that? Cause that's a pretty huge event. Lots of students come. Grocery bingo was the hardest event. Yeah. I was sweating and running around everywhere. Actually, it was nothing but stress. So (laughs) the hardest part of that is you're trying to plan and think of anything that could probably go wrong. You're like, oh, I want to make sure I have everything. Um, So you're thinking of all the plans or steps that you need to take 
to make sure that this is solid and it's not going to fail. And even if it does fail, it's all right. But I didn't want to feel bad. I wasn't about to have that happen with me. And can you describe that event for folks who aren't familiar with it? You know, grocery bingo, we know what it is on campus because it's a huge thing, but folks who are outside of the Northwest bubble may not know what that is. Yeah. So grocery bingo is an event that our students can play around a bingo. And if they get bingo, they will win groceries. So we buy them. I believe I spent $10,000 on grocery this year for our students. And so students are allowed to win rounds of bingo and grab as many groceries as they want. Not many groceries as they want. Uh, let me lie. Let me not lie here. <laughs> you can grab five different groceries and you get a free bag on us. It will either be a classic green Northwest bag or a sack bag that we made new limited edition ones this year, actually. But you can grab as much groceries as you guys want and you know enjoy them at home because you don't have to spend money. That's awesome. So what do you want to do with your international business degree, Natalia? I have no idea when it comes to that degree. I know what I want for my future, but I don't have a clear set goal, I don't think. Like I'm still trying to figure out what jobs will like have me I, with my international business degree. I'm thinking more of like I'm leaning towards more marketing or management on that one. And then I have my own separate goal, which is using that just to have it as knowledge and background in communication, not in communication, but in communication with different businesses, may that be a corporate or a small business or different businesses around the world. Like that's what I want that to have, like to provide me that knowledge. So I will know how to adapt and be respectful to other people. But as a certain career look, like look, do I have, I don't have one at all. Like, I don't know if I want to be like, um, a marketing manager or sales representative. Like I have no idea on that part. Some of that's experience, right? You just have to get in there and do it to see what it's like. If you could work in any country in the world, what would you choose? I think I would live somewhere in Europe. I think I want to live in a, I want to say a big city just because I need it. If I was going to work in an international business, I would need a big business to work for. So I'm going to say Germany to play it safe. That sounds weird but either Germany or China. I love it. So you help a lot of students in our office, right? As a career ambassador. Uh, can you kind of talk about some of the work that you do here as a CA and maybe some of the common things that you see when students bring in resumes and cover letters and need help looking for jobs? So we're helping with cover letters, resumes, and whenever I'm looking at someone's resume or any of that, I want to first give them a disclaimer that if you come in again, you're probably going to hear something else from somebody else, but these are all suggestions. You don't have to follow them. And honestly, you should be open to all these suggestions because not any of them are wrong. They're all right. They're all different ways that you can like pick and choose from if you want, if you want, as long as your entire document is cohesive. Whenever someone usually comes in, they need help with their resume. Maybe it's because they don't know how to word those bullet points exactly Sometimes they're not using action verbs and, or they're just like really long paragraph sentences. And so I try to clean that up. We're trying to cut these paragraphs down into bullet points, trying to make sure that we're implementing action verbs that we're actually tying to the job description. I think that's an important thing to do. Reading that job description, getting familiar with it, and then kind of integrating your own experience to that job description. A lot of the students, after they read the job description and I'm, we're helping them through that, they eventually get it and they start to do it on their own. Um, usually you see them come back and they're like, can you look over this again? And you're like, yeah, for sure. And this time, maybe you're focused more on context or maybe their context is good because they came back and improved it 
and you're just looking for any formatting issues on that. Is that difficult to do peer to peer as a student? I think it's difficult only because sometimes I maybe I wasn't in that position. I don't know what they do. And even if I was in that position, each company or organization that you were with have their own set of rules or own standards that they might want you to follow. So even if it's the same title, we might have done different tasks. Like that could always be an issue. So that's usually hard because I have to like, I don't want to say like, I have to like take a mental break and be like, okay, so if I was working in this person's position and based on what they're giving me, what would I have need to be doing in this job? So that is difficult. Working peer to peer, sometimes I feel kind of weird just because they're like, oh, well, she's also a student, but I can't believe she's helping me with my resume. Like you get that balance. You're like, oh, you may feel shy or something like that. But I just want you to know that I feel shy when I'm looking at your resume because I'm like, oh my God, I'm a student. I'm looking at their resume. Not saying that I'm wrong on my information. Just it feels weird too. That's some good insight though, I think, right? Because sometimes I know it could, if you're not used to sharing, you know, your resume or your documents that you created, it can be really intimidating to have to bring it in and have someone look over it, right? Because you feel like, oh my goodness, they're going to tell me I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, it's nerve wracking for everyone. And it just takes some getting used to, to push through that. I think it's also interesting and probably a great exercise for your communication skill set. right? You talked about having to put yourself into their shoes, right? So you're exercising that communication and that empathy and trying to think about how the other person is approaching this. As a CA, you're kind of having to be like, well, I don't have experience this, but I'm going to try to think through this other person's perspective. What other things have you done as a CA that you thought were interesting or fun or, you know, we do lots of things in here besides resumes. Uh, Yeah, we do lots of things, but to stick on track when it comes to the actual thing, important things that we do in career services, because we do a lot of fun things and I wish we could talk about some of those. I'm going to keep it, keep it on the down low. (laughs) Yeah. That what stays in our, what happens in our office stays in our office. I want to say the hardest thing and the weirdest thing is cover letters. Those are like, uh, that's like sticky for me. I don't know. I always like, I know what to look for them and I know like what to put in them, but sometimes those are harder because it's like your personality mixed in into that cover letter. It's your own story. So whatever students come in as well and you want to fix the cover letter, that's also more personal too, because they're telling about themselves or sometimes they don't tell them at all. Like you want to help them get to that point. But if it, if they already told those stories and you're just trying to fix it, you don't want to say anything that might lower their self-esteem when it comes to that task or that job that or position that they held and they're talking about in their cover letter. So that is like a tricky situation. I find that weird for me. Other things probably be necroting. I find that also weird um, because they're so short and I can't like, I can't get all my information in that like two minutes because I talk a lot. Those two minutes are never enough for me. And I'm just like, oh no. Like we get to my name, maybe my major, a few things I did, but it never goes past that. It never goes past that for me. Just because there's good so- feedback. Good feedback. Always love to hear that. Right. Sorry, guys. I'm sorry. But What's your favorite event? Mock interview day is my favorite event. And I get really nervous and anxious for it because I want to do well in my interview. But it's my favorite event because I get the most feedback from it. And that's where I enjoy. And it helps me in the future, too. So I will be more confident in my interviewing skills. What's something that you know now as a career ambassador that you didn't know before that you wish you would have? Like if you go back and give 
younger Natalia, you know, showing the family the job description and going to apply for it, you know, what's something you wish you knew then that you know now? Just a lot of those things. But I'm going to stick it to the one, I think it's funny, already created resume templates. I wish I didn't do that. Or in color. It was all pop pink. So... (laughs) I wish I didn't choose that resume template on Microsoft or Google or Google templates as well. But honestly, a black and white standard resume would do you wonders. It looks good. It looks clean. It looks professional. So yeah, that's one thing I wish I knew back in the day when I was applying to jobs. Uh, I love that. I really do love that. But I also love that you like your first instinct was to go for hot pink. Like love it was that. a morale booster. I would say <laughs> morale booster color. <laughs> It wasn't scented, so that was something. So Right. Spray a little perfume in there. <laughs> I'm always really interested when students say this because we always give the feedback, like don't use a resume template. But can you explain that a little bit more in depth? Why resume templates? Because it seems so easy. If I have a blank sheet of paper, like can I just throw my stuff into the template? Why would I use just a regular black and white plain resume? You want to have a black and white resume whenever it's a traditional job. Like it's a more conservative field. If you're like a doctor, if you're in business, finance, those are your standardized resume. If you're in a more graphic field, you would use a little bit more color. You'll have a portfolio and everything linked into that. But a black and standard standard one is the best option, I think. And if you're grabbing a template, sometimes they have different like fields. Like maybe you have awards on there. Maybe you have honor certificates. And you have different like subjects and fields that you maybe not are not important on your resume and they don't highlight your actual um, achievements or qualifications when you can just create it yourself on a standardized resume and you can set those subjects to your to whatever is being tied to to that job that you're applying to. I find it easier just creating it myself and that way it's easier to edit as well because certain templates are tricky to edit. You might as well just delete the whole thing. I've tried to use templates in the past too, just because it seems faster. It seems faster until you delete something and you can't get it back in there or it doesn't come back the same way. And then it's even more frustrating than just using a regular document. Yeah. And then also in templates, sometimes they have like columns and those get tricky at some point. But it also breaks, I would say it breaks like the reader's focus as well, because you're usually reading from left to right. And so if it was just a standardized one page paper, you're reading left to right, you know, all the way down. It's easier. It's easy to focus on instead of when you have columns, you have different rows, like you're losing focus. You're just like, oh, wow, it's a pretty picture, but I'm not actually paying attention to what you have. What are you most excited for this semester? It just started. I'm actually excited to do better because I have goals for this semester for myself um, when it comes to my schoolwork. I am no longer with SAC, but I'll be attending their events just as a support. But this time I'm going to focus more on my schoolwork. And so I'm more excited to see how far I can go with more time um, available for me on that stuff. Any last words of advice or wisdom for, you know, any, anybody on campus, any students? I mean, gosh, any of us, do you have words of wisdom for me? Okay, so I'm going to go in order then. So people on campus, Northwest students or college students in general, do your homework and do not let it slide. Oh, and attend class. Those are two things and you'll be good. And then for you, Hannah, words of wisdom. Words of wisdom is always invest in a bag of salt and vinegar chips. That's the words of wisdom. We've been enjoying the ones from Jimmy John's. Those are very tasty. (laughs) Yes. So I'll bring some. You know, just a little bit of white vinegar on those chips and you'll be good and you're healthy. That's your healthy snack for the day. (laughs) Healthy snack for the day. 
Thank you so much, Natalia, for being a guest on the podcast. Thank you guys for having me. All right. Well, that will do it for another episode of Behind the Bearcat, and we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>